Hey guys, welcome to the Youth Fitness Podcast. Topics on youth fitness with a focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin Family, the developers of the Brand X Method, and the Athlete Coach Network. Youth need great coaches now more than ever. Brand X has dedicated themselves to doing what is best for kids for over two decades and now offers mentoring, education, programming, and resources in one smart package to empower coaches to efficiently deliver world-class youth programs. Check out their plug and play options and join the Brand X family today. You plus Brand X equals youth program success. In 2008, the Martin family, and I mean the whole Martin family, watched from 10 feet away as a newcomer finalized a stunning win at the 2008 CrossFit Games in Aromas. We were lucky to get to know Jason at multiple events early on, and we are excited about reconnecting to talk about raising and training kids and how he has made fitness work for his two young children. Since meeting Jason in 2008, it would be a massive understatement to say that he has been busy. Between building a successful multi-location business, NC Fit, eight consecutive CrossFit Games appearances, eight, creating the NC Fit Collective online training portal and coaches development tool, and hosting of the Effort Over Everything podcast, he has also been laser focused on raising his two children and thoughtfully ensuring that fitness is part of their lives now and into the future. Let's get talking. I think, Jason, one of the things we wanted to do was, you know, our audience is very disparate. I mean, it doesn't necessarily know Jason Klepa is and what Jason's been doing. So I think I kind of want to start with, hey, Jason, what have you been doing? And then move <laughs> through that and uh, talk a little bit about NC Fit. And we have some other things to talk about. And then we'd like to then dive into training the kids, work with the kids. Because, you know, when I look at your Instagram, I'm seeing what I did with my boys, yeah. you know, a lot yeah. of years, a lot of years ago. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, hundred percent. So, well, where should we begin? I mean, yeah, I, so I found, so I started working at the front desk at a traditional health club when I was 15, 16. Once I graduated from high school, I started working in the sales area when I was in college and really learned a lot about the business side of the traditional gym model, which was obviously a lot different than cross model. So had some great mentors there, learned a lot about the business side. In 2006, while I was working at the traditional health club, I found CrossFit, really fell in love with the idea of a coach, a community, culture, ended up getting deep into it. I won the CrossFit Games. I then opened a gym that was called CrossFit Santa Clara at the time. That evolved. We grew to multiple locations. I continued to compete. Fast forward, here we are, 2022. We've rebranded twice. We're now NC Fit, which is just a little bit more indicative of the programs we offer and the area that we come from, NorCal, we have corporate wellness. We have multiple verticals of our business. We do corporate wellness. So those locations are all over the world with Western Digital and Lucas Films are big clients of ours. We have the NC Fit Collective, which services gym owners and coaches, which is a digital product of ours. We have an end user app, which is a digital product of ours. And then of course, we own, operate, or license brick and mortar locations. So I no longer compete professionally. I stopped competing professionally in the sport of CrossFit in 2016. My daughter got sick, and so I stopped competing there. I actually found jujitsu at the same time, so I've been fortunate enough to compete in jujitsu a little bit and uh, trying to get back in the realm of 
competing in CrossFit through the Rogue Invitational, in particular, something they have called the Legends Competition. So yeah, I have two kids, been married for a long time, married my high school sweetheart, and uh, yeah, rocking and rolling. Cool. <laughs> there you Good. go. Yeah. So our, our audience obviously is geared towards working with kids, right? And so you have, you have a son, Caden, right? And then Ava, your daughter, you said earlier that you train them every day. Can you give us kind of an overview on what that looks like for you? Is it more just, you're going to go out there and train and have them kind of copy you? Is it you modeling more for them or are you spending specific time with them? Just kind of give us an overview on, on what that looks like. Yeah. I mean, I think to start, we should just address the fact that not even boy, girl, but just two different kids have completely two different like perspectives on fitness. And, and I have to nurture that differently between my son and my daughter. And my daughter for, for many, many years, she didn't want to exercise much. And now, now I'm a little bit of a anomaly because they've been around gyms and fitness their whole lives, similar to you guys. But right. my daughter was also diagnosed with leukemia when she was four turning five. So we had a little bit of a time where, you know, fitness was important, but it wasn't our priority compared to some other stuff we were going through. So, yeah. you know, we would get her to walk, we would get her to move because obviously it was very important. We spent a lot of time in the hospital and because we spent so much time in the hospital, we didn't have that traditional routine that I wish I would have liked. Yeah. Fast, fast forward a little bit. I'd say it was probably about maybe four years ago, three years ago. And my daughter was about seven and my son was, you know, five. And he would always be in the garage lifting with me. He just, he enjoyed being around it. My daughter, not so much. And I was trying to find a way to have a healthy relationship with fitness because this isn't something I want my children to do today, tomorrow, the next month. I want them to do it for the rest of their life. And I never wanted them to build resentment towards fitness. And so I was trying to find ways to just relate. So it started off as saying, hey, kids, the golden rule is you have to sweat once a day. and what that means is that you can't just walk outside if you're in Arizona and you start sweating. That doesn't count. Heart rate elevated, <laughs> right? And, and you have to do some form of physical activity where you're moving your body through ranges of motion. I don't care if you jump on the treadmill, I mean, jump on the trampoline, go out for a run, play group sports. I don't care what you do. You just have to move every day. So it started there. And that was actually a really healthy way to initially get the kids to move because it allowed them to feel like they're in the driver's seat, right? When they when they didn't want to go in the gym and do something, I'd be like, dude, I don't care what you do. Go, go do a hula hoop. It doesn't bother me. Just, you got to move for at least, you know, 20 minutes a day. So it started there. And slowly then my son was, you know, continuing to do a lot of like group sports, spend a lot of time with me in the gym, but my daughter wasn't. And so something just changed where I utilized T the TV to inspire her. And this was like a, this is years ago. I, we would turn on like Gordon Ramsay on the TV in the garage. And we started off by just walking on the treadmill for 10 minutes every morning. That was like our go-to. We would just walk together. She would walk. I would ride the bike watching Gordon Ramsay for 10 minutes. Yeah. And I found it to be really interesting because the consistency piece was so important. I didn't try and like over, I didn't try and have her do pushups. I didn't try, nothing. I just said, okay, what do you want to do today? Let's walk, move on. Well, after we did that for a while, it's now stemmed into more, but she needed to make that decision for herself instead of me trying to force it on her. So I'll pause there for a second, because I just think that's, that was my kind of initially start for Ava. Kate is a little bit different. We ate three, four sons, three <laughs> in the gym with us from an early time and man, totally different. So we hear you on, you have to look at that child and everything that's going on with that child, their personality. 
and how to engage them. So that's magical that, that you worked that so well. And I think there's a big difference. I draw a really hard line between I'm training my kids or my kids and I are working out together mm-hmm. or we're playing. We're yeah. doing something. And you can be playing in the gym. It can be like, we got a rope out and we're just going to see, you know, we're climbing the rope. We're seeing how many different ways we can climb the rope, how many times we can climb the rope. That can be play. Yeah. And it's, it, that morphs into we're working out together. We're doing, you know, how many burpees can we get done in three minutes together or something like that versus now I'm training you. Now I'm telling you what to do. And now, you know, there's, there's a huge difference there. And I think kids fall in love with movement and exercise and fitness the way you're going about it. You know, Hey, let's get together. Let's go do something together. And eventually that morphs into something else. Yeah. But, you know, the harder I pushed, I learned this the hard way with like my family members, the harder I pushed, oftentimes the harder they push back. Meaning like I just learned a long time ago that if anybody was ever interested in fitness, they knew exactly who to go to in the family. I don't need to say anything. Like if someone wants to lose weight, gain weight, build strength, I don't need to go up to them and tell them that I do this for a living or that I have an expertise in it. When they're ready, they'll come to me. And with the kids, I really just, I just really, 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 it's so important for me to look at this 20 years from now. And I could do detriment to them today for them having this toxic relationship with fitness that I don't want to have and looking at it as a punishment or looking at it as a, it just, it, there's just so many dynamics mentally with that, that mm-hmm. I wanted to really frame it as like, Hey, this is something we do as humans. We need to move. Let's have fun. And let's just do us. Let's spend 10 minutes, like low key, but consistency matters. So we really started that way with Ava. And then I don't know exactly what clicked, but maybe like a year ago or maybe a little bit longer. We did the whole like Gordon Ramsay, 10 minutes, this is this for like a while, like I'm like a year or two. And I never pushed more ever. I never, I just said, Hey, look, we're winning right now. And then one day she's like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to do some like weight training. I was like, Whoa, okay. And all of a sudden we started changing our workouts into where we're at today and where we're at today with Ava. I can talk, talk about Caden is Ava is very much. So she, she doesn't want to do four time workout. She doesn't want to do AMRAPs. She just wants to know how many rounds I need to do. And I keep it between eight and 12 minutes, period. That's it. We rarely have ever go over except except for our self-defense Sundays, which I'll talk to you about, but eight to 12 minutes every morning. So this morning I was in the garage at 6 a.m. And every day before school, we spend eight to 12 minutes, but it's always round-based and it always has like a cardio and a weight. So today we did a 30 seconds run, 30 seconds swing, kettlebell swing, 30 seconds box step-ups for six rounds, which is nine minutes, right? But if it's for rounds, she's inspired. But if I'm like, all right, let's do a 10 minute AMRAP. She doesn't like that for some reason. So so that's been helpful for me is like listening to what she wants and not trying to like force what I think she needs on her. Just giving her what she wants with a little bit of what she needs every day has been helpful. I love that. Something that you said too earlier was uh, it kind of speaks to, to something that we tell coaches all the time. And one of the things that we're after with the Brand X method is, is developing physical literacy. Hmm. Physical literacy, right, is the broadest range of physical abilities possible. And, and we focus on coaching three major aspects of it. That's the competence of their movement, developing confidence in kids, and then motivation to pursue as many physical abilities throughout their lifetime as possible. And that motivation piece is extremely important. And, you know, talking about the different kids that you have and their different personalities. My daughter, personally, she's five and Murphy, she, she goes to the, into the gym with me and it's like, 
if I tell her, Hey, you know, we're going to do this or this, I've got to turn it into a game. It's always got to be like, Hey, we're going to play this. And sometimes it doesn't even make any sense as a game, but it's like, we're going to, the way that I frame it is, Hey, we're going to play this and we're going to see if we can accomplish this, but it's all, it all, it all comes back to motivating them to, to move. Like you said, because then we can get those other pieces later on. Right. But we talk about that with coaches all the time. It's like, Hey, how do we get them bought into movement? Because then on down the road developing that healthy relationship, it builds the confidence and then that builds the, uh, the confidence. And I think yeah. also that, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yeah. I think also what's really key to what you just talked about is, you know, focusing on what's important. Mm. Like it's unimportant if she does an AMRAP. That's, yeah. that is unimportant. You know, it may be what the coach wants, but it's not important to yeah. the child. What's important to the child is the child had fun doing what they were doing and that they moved for eight to 12 minutes. Yeah. And they, yeah. they, that's, that's it. And it's really important to key in when you're working with, with your kids and especially with your own kids on that piece. Like what is good for, what does the child need and how do I get the child to accomplish what they need and want to accomplish what they, you know, what yeah. they need. And you know, like because Ava and Caden have only been around like hard efforts when they go for eight to 12 minutes, like they're <laughs> going like, like, <laughs> Like, because they just see the way I train, they see, cause we have a lot of athletes come to our house sometimes to train that are like pros in other areas. So they see the effort. It's not like, like they're not just jogging, right? They're really, I mean, now that we've made this transition for Ava, she recognizes that when she moves, it makes her feel better. And she's also been hitting like this stride where like she's growing a lot. So she feels better about her bot. There's so many factors, right? But ultimately she knows that when she goes in the garage and she hits a hard workout for eight to 12 minutes. It's building her confidence. She's feeling better emotionally, um, you know, especially at this age. She's going, you know, she's kind of pre-puberty stuff and it's it's a lot, right? And then, you know, she's also then, for me, the, the biggest lessons for my kids is just overcoming those micro doses of adversity. And it's just such a beautiful way to do it in the gym. You know, I, I can't think of a better option than when your child is in the gym in a low impact controlled, uh, you know, s- situation. And they only want to do five kettlebell swings, but you ask them to do 10 and they push through that mentally and they overcome that challenge and it just carries over in everyday life. So that's really the, the kind of like key elements we're trying to foster in the children is that, is that human movement is critical. Do what you want, but you got to move and then utilize fitness as a tool to, to de-stress and to learn how to overcome a little bit of adversity is really the helpful tips for Ava. And then yeah. she also incorporates the cold plunge a lot where my son is completely different. So my son doesn't like the hot that's cold plunge. What's that? Didn't you mention recently the not so cold? Oh. Well, the kind of cold plunge. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the 55 degree cold plunge, you know, but the cold plunge has been great for her because it's, again, it's a confidence builder, something that she's really good at, better at yeah. it than me. But the, but the cold work for her has been like, I mean, I, she's a different person. Like she'll come downstairs or she'll like come home from school and maybe she'll have a tough day. You know, girls are kind of, you know, age 11, it could be kind of weird. And yeah. she gets home, jumps in the plunge. As soon as she gets out, she's literally a different person. And anyways, that's just a recommendation for any parent. And we don't have it hella, hella cold. We just have a cold. Yeah. I, when I was listening to that, chatting about that on your podcast, I, I was wondering, does he do that with the kids? So you just <laughs> answered that. That's fantastic. That's cool. Yeah. Ava, Ava, every day, she does a cold plunge every day. Caden does not do it as much. Um, I don't push them too hard. Ava, Ava knows that it makes her feel better. 
And she likes it. She's good at it. So she does it. And so I'm fine with it. You know, and then just meeting kids where they're at, like with Caden, you know, if Ava, if she's doing cardio workouts, she's good. But Caden, he just wants to lift weights. And so he wants to learn the technique of the clean. He wants to be able to try and PR his lifts. Like that motivates and inspires him. So I train him much more like what you're talking about, like, which is more like the coach athlete relationship. Yes, I'm more, obviously I'm a dad too. So I'm inspiring or whatever, but it's much more like technical proficiency versus yeah. just like, you know, with Ava, her technique is good, but it's yeah. not like we're like coaching her that much. It's more just, you know what I mean? It's just different. Getting her enjoy, it to enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is different. And, and it should be. It should be. It should be. It should be. Because, because if, if everybody wants to be motivated, it's going to be different to some right. extent to every individual. But right? it's based on their goals too. Right. Like yeah. that's what you just spoke about. Like you said, he's, he's motivated by the PRs, right? He's motivated by wanting to, wanting to, to lift heavier weight. And I think everybody can kind of appreciate that having some sort of goal, right. And fitness and hers are just different than that. Yeah. And hers so, just it, look good, feel good. But I should note that with both my children, I think this is very important with both my children, fitness is a supplement to everything else that they're doing. Meaning, right. meaning their time in the garage is, is me and them time, which is very important to me. But, and I, and they have to move every day, but that doesn't overcome. Like if I had to decide if Caden goes to baseball practice or works out in the garage with me, he's going to baseball practice, like group sports are so important. And so we prioritize sports in addition to this as a supplement to those sports. We prioritize both, I should say, but group sports are just critically important to both the children's development, I think. So we're not trying to have them specialize in CrossFit. We're trying to have them utilize CrossFit to enhance their life and these sports if they have interest in them we want them to pursue them right sounds sounds like a familiar yeah sounds thing. like it's like the original use yeah sounds yeah, like a familiar rant. Yeah. You, you know like i mean really i think where where crossfit strength conditioning can really help the youth is if you ask a, a high school player like hey you know are you a crossfitter in my opinion like look if someone wants to be a professional crossfitter and go to the crossfit games like do you that's great but I think there's a lot of benefit to team sports. There's a lot of benefit to having your peers, especially in high school, where you can make these friendships because it's, it's tough. High school is tough. And, you know, that community piece is so important. So I think that for our children, the CrossFit strength conditioning is to be used to fill in the gaps where their sport might not. So, for example, my son loves baseball, loves it. He'll also get into football and things like that. But in baseball, you work a lot of like, motor skills and eye hand coordination and 30, you know, speed, but you don't work long, slow distance. You don't work necessarily strength training. You don't work whatever. And so I want to be able to basically supplement what he's doing in baseball with, with the gym. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like our, and honestly, physical literacy, not just, you know, the foundational or primal movements or whatever the the organization calls it. Right. And you were around, in 2008, you won the games. I remember this. You were the guy at the far end. You won. You finished the workout. And you won, and everybody's looking around. Nobody's nobody's going like, "Hey, the guy at the end." Yeah. <laughs> but back then, the games were an adjunct to. They were, like, they were just starting. Yeah. So all of us worked out with CrossFit to be better at stuff outside of the gym. That's right. And, and and really, that was a critical mission for us as youth trainers was, you know, if someone brings their kid to me, it isn't so that the kid's good at the gym. 
It's not, they don't want to be good at jimming. That's not what that's not what they bought, bought their kid to me for. But if they, they do, want, that's well, their choice. But it's not why most people bring their kid in the gym. Yeah. They, they bring the kid in the gym because they want to be better at soccer or they're concerned about the kid not, not moving enough and they're sitting on the couch. And my job is to help the kid, you know, learn to love movement so that he gets off the couch at home and that he learns some, you know, moves throughout his lifetime or to help him be better at whatever sport he's doing. because really that's what the work inside the gym should be doing. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think that every every child, you know, look, I think group sports are incredibly important. And I think that if you want your sport to be CrossFit, great. Just understand that just like any sport, it comes with pros and cons. Like I used to race BMX bikes as a a young kid and BMX bikes had pros. I'd be an individual sport on the gate. And that taught me a lot of mental toughness because you're just by yourself. You can't rely on a team. But it lacked in areas where I didn't create the same type of bonds and friendships I did when I found football. And so there's like, you know, and that's more of a team sport. So I think that each parent needs to kind of guide their their son, daughter, et cetera, to where, you know, to reach their full potential, whatever that is. And so for me with my children, it's utilizing fitness to have a healthy relationship with it where, you know, the testament to that is going to be when they finish whatever sports they're doing, are they going to continue doing what I taught them for the rest of their life? And if and if they do then, I, then I, I think I taught it right. And I hope I have because, because we're, we're doing it with a, a place coming from care and not like over the top. I don't need you to spend an hour in the gym. I just want you to end the gym moving. And then over time, if you want to spend an hour or two hours or five hours, great. But right now, I just want to kind of meet them where they're at is the key for me. Exploration, right? Yeah. Letting them kind of just explore and choose and find what they're into and what drives them. 100%. And, you know, and then the only other caveat to that, what I would say is our self-defense Sundays are pretty important to me. So yes, group sport, daily workouts, non-negotiable happens every morning with my daughter. And then later on in the day with my son and uh, with my son, something I do, and this is an idea for parents is that if he wants to go play catch all good, but then I knew that he didn't get a work in that day. What I'll do is I'll, I'll have him like, you know, sprint 50 yards, sprint back. I'll throw a ball, you know, do five burpees. Like I'll add in a, a, more dynamic workout while he's playing catch. So that's just something we do. But so for self-defense Sundays, you know, it's been very important to me. And it's a, you know, I've spent a lot of years now working jiu-jitsu and, and some way Thai, but mainly jiu-jitsu. And so, you know, on Sundays, we spend a little bit longer because we have more time doing mat work together. And so that's something else where we can kind of have that, that mutual bonding experience. And the kids seem to really like it. It's just something different. So that's the only other thing we add in each week. You know that we came from martial arts backgrounds. So yeah. Yeah. We yeah. had the middle as well. <laughs> we had we had self defense every day for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So both kids do self defense with you. Yeah. Yeah, they're both a little bit different, right? With Ava, you know, I'm really just trying to get her to a place where she could defend herself for sure. You know, so we, I work things a little bit differently with her than I do with my son. I mean, both of them are yes, both are working more stand up and groundwork, mm-hmm. but the intention is really to get them comfortable. So my son can be the guy who can really feel comfortable with his own skill set and never be the bully. That's ever. And then my daughter can make sure she can take care of herself. Those are really important skills that I want to be able to teach her. Yeah, we had the same goal in mind. And that, like Connor really wanted to be a black belt, wanted to take it all the way and did and ended up doing a little fighting for a bit. And then Keegan was much less interested in it. And we just said, okay, we just want to get you to the point where you can defend yourself. Yeah, and then we're good to prepare what you you, know, you don't have to want a black belt. We just want to know that you can defend yourself. Right. Duncan, same. But they and then they all had different interests. Like then you went into wrestling. Duncan loved uh Screamer. Screamer. And so he started just playing with that. Screaming boxing. 
than boxing. So the goal was the love of it and, and a level of ability to defend yourself that we thought was important. Yeah. Which I think is, it's so important. Like when I look back on high school, you know, and I look at the kids who used to bully other people, it really was their own insecurities that were Mm -hmm. coming out through bullying. You know, I I think most people kind of, maybe I saw some bullying and I have some regrets from the way that I probably could have, I didn't necessarily ever do it, but I maybe could have helped not have it happen as much. And those are regrets that I'm trying to help with my son, right? Letting him, giving him skills so that he never becomes a guy who's insecure in his abilities where he has to bully other people. And if he does see something like that going on, he could address it or at least at least talk to people and, and not make that a, a thing. I just think that being really confident in your own abilities makes you have the ability to never be that guy. You don't have to be because you're, yeah. so, you're so just controlled and confident. And those are the skill sets we're trying to develop at a younger age. I love that. And I, I, I think, you know, it's cool that you have a different, almost a different view. It's the same angle, but a different, a different view for what your son needs and, and what your daughter needs, right? Or, or the outcome that you're looking for, for them. Do you talk to them about those strategies? Like, do you sit down with your son and talk to him about bullying and maybe some of the things that you went through as a kid and what you want for him? And do you sit down with your daughter and talk to her like, Hey, this is why I'm teaching you these things. And yeah, I mean, for sure. Like with Kate and I, I, I'm definitely pretty vocal about it. like, hey, I want you to be the guy in the room who, you know, you you want to be the last person in the room that anybody wants to get in a fight with. And right. you're very confident in your skills. And because you're so confident, you could always just never be that guy. You can never start an altercation, but you could yep. always defend yourself. And and I just, that's really important for me. I, I just want him to be that guy who who knows what he's capable of, but at the same time is never going to be the person who ever does anything. And I, I just think that that's an important skill set to have as a man. And uh, for my daughter, you know, it's also, it's, it's similar where, you know, I want to feel comfortable if she wants to go to the mall. I want to at least know that she has a set of skills and that's, that's situational awareness. Number one, of course, right. Especially being a woman, like, and then providing her the tools, whatever those might be. Um, so those are the things we're doing, right? We're working, like I, I work a lot. I talk a lot with Tim Kennedy and the guys over at Sheepdog Response. And I love what they're doing. And I just want to be able to expose my children more to that, to experts. Yeah. I'm not an expert in self-defense, nor do I claim to be, but I want to expose them to more people as they get older. I'm just kind of building a foundation while they're pretty young. Yeah, I love that. I love, the, I love that you're even talking to them about situational awareness. Oh, yeah. 100%. That, that is, like, if you can see the problem coming, you can avoid the problem. People, you know, they, they tend, oftentimes, people tend to focus on that narrow band of skills like once the problem is happening. But I think situational awareness, understanding, you know, that, that when you're confident, you give off a presence that says, you know, somebody's easier. That's really the, the, one of the things we used to talk about when we taught self-defense was, look, if you're confident, if you know what's what, if you can see a problem coming and you're and you're spitting out this confident air, people, the the, the sharks, the, the wolves, they're going to be looking for somebody that's easy, and they'll just go like, "I'll find someone else." Yep. So they're looking for that least comp. There, you just don't want to be hundred percent. Like I mean, with Ava, it's a super simple example, right? right? If you're if you're walking on the street and you have your head down on your phone, you're just an easier target than someone who's walking around posture up aware of their surroundings. Like if someone's looking for a target, that's an example, right? Those are little things. We work at the local police department here and I take my son there once a month for training and different things. And they spend some time with him on that as well. And tomorrow I'm taking him actually to Camp Pendleton to the Customs and Border Patrol. We're going to an event there. So he's getting good exposure to this, but he's also very interested in it. My daughter has no interest in this kind of stuff. So I have to kind of 
exposure myself. <laughs> yeah, we would, or I would program in for the little kids and starting in September, wrist grabs because of Halloween and knowing all these kids are going to be out there and what easy targets they, they could be. And we would teach them just the easiest getaways for wrist grabs because that's the most common attack for a child is a wrist grab. So just so, so simple to give advice that could be so meaningful, right? And, and strategies. Yeah, hundred percent. I think as parents, you know, you have to find a kind of walk this line where I'm not trying to instill fear in my children or anything like that, but I want to make them, you know, aware of the reality of life and there are bad people and, and just trying to teach them. Cause I, I think that, you know, something we've, you know, again, it's, it's, there's no perfect parent shit. I wish I could have read a book and known everything, but that's just not the case. We're doing the best we can with the information we have. And we're just trying our best. And my wife and I talk on a regular basis about, you know, how are we communicating with the children? What should they be knowing? What should they not? And we're trying to make them aware, but within, you know, that's relative to their, you know, <laughs> their levels, sure. right? At eight and 11. Sure. Eight and 11. I was going to ask that. Yeah. Can you, Jason, I love the projects you're involved with, Never Ever Give Up. Is it pronounced Negu? Yeah, Negu. So yeah, Never <laughs> Ever Give Up. That's a great organization. Can you talk a little about that and Ava's Kitchen and sure. the joiners that they do the, the events? and yeah. So, you know, in 2016, when Ava was diagnosed with leukemia, one of the first things we got in the hospital, probably a couple of days in, was a joy jar. And at that point, it's a pretty tough time in your life. You know, I actually can't think of a tougher time in my life. And, you know, you're, you're overcome by just all these emotions and it's very overwhelming. And this joy jar shows up and it's just like this jar, it's like a plastic jar. And you basically pop it open. And it has like a bunch of like random toys in it that are age specific. So my daughter at the time was like four or five. So it was kind of like, teddy bears and whatever else. And, you know, just for a family, when you're going through a tough time to get a joy jar like that, it just brings a little smile on the kid's face. And so NIGU stands for never, ever give up. It was designed by a gentleman named Eric Reese. Well, actually his daughter, Jesse Reese started the foundation. She had a brain tumor called DIPG. And she recognized that when she was in the hospital, she didn't realize why some kids were able to go home. Some kids weren't. And unfortunately her illness was terminal. But during the time when, from her diagnosis till her passing, she would go to the hospital and bring these bags of joy. And they continued that legacy on after she passed with joy jars. And so they've sent out, you know, hundreds of thousands of these to children all over the world. And when I received, when I got connected to the, to Eric, who's Jesse's dad, and it just is an organization that we deeply believe in. And so my wife and I, my wife in particular, leads the charge on an event called Ava's Kitchen. And Ava's Kitchen is an annual fundraiser where we partner up with a local chef named Michael Mina, who's a very famous chef. And we invite a lot of very well-to-do individuals to a restaurant and we fundraise for kids fighting cancer. And so I think if I'm not mistaken, we've, this is year six coming up and we've raised like, I want to say like $2 million, maybe more, maybe three, two, three. We raise about four or 500 every year from that one event. And we take that money. And we then give it directly into an account under NIGU, where we work with them to figure out where the funds are going. And so recently we had an event called Fantastic, which is actually in Southern California, where families who are struggling with cancer, they were just able to come and have a great time. We had music, dancing, you name it. And they were just, it was all free for the families just to come and for just a minute, kind of forget what's going on in their lives and just put a smile on their face. So that's NIGU. They do a lot of amazing things. Basically, the way 5013Cs work for charity. 
for cancer is like, you either be a part of the cure or be a part of the care. And they decide to be a part of the care. Not that cure is not important, right? It's just, they want to be about putting smiles on kids' faces. And that's what we support through Ava's Kitchen. That's oh, awesome. I love that. That's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I would just add a note. If anybody listening knows a child or knows a family struggling with pediatric cancer, you definitely need to reach out to them, reach out to me. You know, you shouldn't feel like you're on an island. There is support out there, especially for ALL, leukemia diagnosis. They're long. And um, so let us know. And then the second thing is if you're an owner or a, a business or HR and you're looking for a really cool team building event, no better team building event than stuffing joy jars and sending those out to kids. So make sure you, you reach out to me about that. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's a good one. So I'm thinking about your training right now. Yeah, just I wanted to touch on this because I also heard a little bit about this. Your your upcoming Rogue Legends working on snatches again, did you say? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I, right. yeah I got, I'm getting my snatch back up. I Today I got my front squat back up. I'm basically developing myself back up to get ready for the Rogue Invitational. But look, it's just a fun reason for me to, to train. You know, I... I I just competed last week in what was called the IBJJF Master Worlds in Vegas for Jiu-Jitsu. So I was kind of focused on that for a while. Now I'm pivoting my focus to the Rogue Invitational. I got to get back up on lifts. And uh, so, yeah, just each week, just increasing my lifts over time. So you're living exactly what you were just talking about modeling for your kids, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, trying to be about some stuff, you know, like, yeah, just trying to get out there, put myself in comp- competition mindset, get a little bit uncomfortable. And, you know, practice what I preach as much as possible. You know, the jiu-jitsu tournament was, was a lot. It's a lot. It's very uncomfortable, but I feel like you could always grow through those situations. When is the Rogue Invitational? Uh, end of October. So I got a couple months. Basically, my goal is to look good. So I'm going to try and lose like five pounds, get a little bit more, you know, get a little leaned out awesome. and just perform well, just be competitive. Right. So, you know, and I recognize that I'm not where I was, you know, 10 years ago and I'm fine with that. Like this morning, I, I front squatted 355. And then next week, I'm going to do 365. And then the week after that, I'm going to do 375. And I'm just progressively trying to just get my lifts back up while moving well and, and not stressing the body too much. I'm going to be doing that across all my lifts. Cool. That's great. Yeah. Kind of, what, is, what are your kids' favorite movements? So, Caden's uh, favorite. Caden, uh, he likes to deadlift and bench press. Yeah, he's a, he. That's, that's his jam. And Ava, she likes to run and kettlebell swing. So funny enough, that's what we did this morning. But she's a really good runner, and she she moves really well on the kettlebell. So I allow her. She does a lot of. We do a lot of movements to the kettlebell just because of the position on him. I find that for squatting in particular, either goblet squats or even like you know like kind of holding it in between legs and kind of squatting that way, almost like a kettlebell deadlift but on risers, so you can get a little bit deeper. Sure. She's been really helpful for her to maintain position in her back. For some reason, when I try and grab a barbell or even dumbbells, it throws her off. But I grab a kettlebell. She's in good position. I'm like, all right, great. So that's what we use a lot of. Well, if you're going to pick something up off the ground in the real world, are you going to pick up something that's shaped like a barbell or more likely <laughs> something shaped like a kettlebell? That's right. I'm that's going right. with, I'm going, with, you're standing over it, you're picking it up. So yeah. that's, that makes more sense to me. 100%. And Caden likes uh, baseball as his game, his yeah. jam. Yeah. And Ava, does she play sports? Volleyball. Yeah. So awesome. She's playing volleyball. It's good. Um, Caden will be doing a few other sports, but I see Ava playing volleyball. That's that'll be her thing. And and uh, yeah, it's just been fun to watch. You know, it's just been fun to watch them grow. You know, I think for for parents who are struggling to get their kids to move, 
you know, it didn't, it didn't happen overnight with my daughter, but it came from a place of like care and like not being over the top. I just told myself every day, every day I was frustrated that she wasn't moving as much as I wanted. I just told myself that if I'm too overzealous, if I'm too aggressive, she'll resent fitness for the rest of her life. And I just had to continue to tell myself every day that, and eventually it just caught on. So for someone who's in that same situation, that'll be the advice there because too, too much is, is, is she'll just, there's no way she'll continue it. So Jason, talk to us a little bit more about the sports with them. Cause I know, you know, we talk to, to, to parents all the time where they're saying like, you know, my kid's into, into baseball and, and he's got this season coming up. And then after that season, we're going to go to this league and we're playing for six months over here. And then we're going to go and play, you know, a smaller league in the transition time. Like, I know your son, your son's into baseball, so he's probably at that, you know, trying to get competitive and he, he really enjoys it. Where does that fit in with the movement and the strategies that you talked about earlier? Like, does that count towards his 20 minute sweat time? Does that, are you guys finding actively finding extra leagues for him to play in, or does he have a small season and then focus more on the fitness stuff? Kind of. Yeah, talk I mean, to yeah. I mean, good question. I mean, so he goes in back and forth, right? So he'll, he'll play, you know, he'll play flag football. Then he'll, he, he'll, he, he signed up for tackle football, but it was at the same time as fall ball. So cool. he'll be, he'll be doing fall and spring, or I think it's spring baseball, but anytime that he's not in like a sport, we then prioritize a little bit more of the self-defense stuff. Um, and so like, he'll get more into like wrestling or grappling or jujitsu or stand up when yeah. he's not in a major sport. And then when he is in a sport and let's just say like, he doesn't have practice that day traditionally what we'll do is just do something basic in the garage and then go out and play baseball or what he likes to do more of, which I'm fine with is like, we'll just go and play baseball. And then I'll just kind of sneak in a little bit of like sprint work and stuff like that. Because he gets that when he, when he, when he's like ready to work out, he gets after it really hard, probably like three days a week. And then two or three days a week, we just kind of go out and play. And that's what works for him. So actually, I think the the research would bear that out is what's good for every kid that's really yeah. is awesome well, i was just gonna say thank you yeah yeah thank oh, you yeah. the wrap up here is that start with making kids or having the kids move every day somehow mm-hmm. find some enjoyment in it and move from there them learning to love it through how it right. makes them feel or goals that they want to achieve finding finding each individual kid's motivation yeah yeah and i mean but, i just think it's well, like meet them where they're at has been really important for me and you know, like this morning, like I said, I wake up my daughter every day, I go in the garage, I turn on the music, I turn on the clock, or like I, I turn on the music, I say, okay, here's gonna be the workout. We don't really do a warm up, we don't play games, we don't do anything. She's like, this is the workout. She's at 11, and this is what she wants. Yeah. I say, all right, boom. We're in and out of the garage in 15 to 20 minutes every day, and that's just where we're at. And I think just meeting the kids where they're at is so important because I can't force anything on them because it'll only work for a day, a week, a month, maybe even a year. But if I, but forcing it is never going to build long-term habits. And, you know, again, I'm looking at this as a long game. I want my kids to be as fit as possible for as long as possible. And so starting those habits off now and just meeting them wherever they're at. And um, it's been helpful. And then obviously, you know, the nutrition side is obviously a whole different thing where we do try and we talk about food, but we also talk about it in a way where not to be like over the top in any way, right? Like what is vegan? What is carnivore? Like, and I'll tell them what I'm doing. Like I did carnivore for 40 days a couple months ago and I'll just share with them. I'll share with them like, Hey, here are the benefits. 
here's what some people say are the disadvantages, but it's just not sustainable for me. So I'm going to go back to this and talking through experiencing has been also helpful with the kids because they know that you're not just talking about it. You're trying to really preach it as well. And so, you know, if a parent is out there struggling to get their kid to move, you know, maybe moving with them is a good route to start with, you know, even just out on a walk after dinner. Awesome. I like it. Yeah. Thank you so much for spending your valuable time with us, Jason. It's good to catch up. Yeah, no problem. It was really great to catch up with you guys too. It's been a long time and yeah, just there's so much fun to have with the kids. I love working with the kids. It's it's great because we're starting like the youth of just teaching them work ethic and ah man, just so many benefits. So keep doing what you guys are doing too. Thank you. Thank you. That's it for today's U18. Since we like to end with a gamer challenge, Let's hear from a youngster in one of our Brandix programs about one of their favorites. My name is Micah. Me and my friend Lucy are in this video. I'm the one in the brown shirt. And my gym is Sonic Athletics in Seattle. My coach is Coach Michelle. And in this video, we're basically playing The Floor is Lava with equipment in our gym and slash shed. And, um... We're basically just carrying around weight, um, and it, we have to go long distances to different like, equipment. We use our weight and we like carry it around. So yeah. Welcome to the Athlete Coach Network, a new connection-based training platform that breaks down regional barriers and connects coaches and athletes anytime, anywhere. You're an athlete and love to push yourself. Who's guiding you? As an athlete, you can filter and search our library to find the perfect coach or sign up for a membership to get video feedback and comments from our coaches all over the world. As a coach, you can set up your profile and advertise your credentials, set your own price for video reviews or direct messaging to ensure your rates reflects the value of your time. Welcome to the Athlete Coach Network, and welcome to the future of sports coaching. That was the Youth Fitness Podcast, topics on youth fitness with focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin family, the developers of the Brand X Method and the Athlete Coach Network. We hope you guys enjoyed that episode and you listen for more.